0: Oh, welcome to, to now, Don't Don't, don't Be an Idiom. I, sometimes I feel like you're waiting for me to start. Radio Land. It's the radio. It's black and white
1: television time. Ugh. Hey, everyone. Bad start.
0: Bad start. <laughs> welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. Uh, you, you've you've probably visited us before. Uh, we have a I think we have a, a core group of listeners now established. So, uh, do we even need and to tell you that? Backbone, oh, God, I'm sorry. Hate. I didn't mean to hit that. <laughs> I hate that. Hate. Hate. hate.
1: Fenton. Fenton hate. hate. Sorry. That's the last time I'm hitting the mic stand. Tonight. That's from
0: home movies. Um, yo, it's They the, know. it's the. They don't know. Most people don't know. Uh, Yo, we're a podcast. We explore the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. And, uh, you know, we never know where these conversations are gonna go but we've at least come with some research right finished oh yeah no there's prep work no doubt hey listen we wanted to thank everyone um we were looking up some stats and we we've gone past 30,000 listens of our can you uh, believe it of our show and so you know that's awesome 30,000 so we appreciate everyone that, that tunes in and uh and after the U.S., Germany, and the United Kingdom are the two the two top listening countries. And with that in mind, maybe Albert should work on his English accent a little bit. All that's right,
1: I so, uh, think I just might.
0: That's Australian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, if you've been listening for a long time, you know all of my accents are Australian Cockney. You know, what, yeah, you know of. what your accents
0: are? They're a mix of like Dickensian. It's not even that. Uh, it's like a. Uh, like a I don't know, it's like five different accents at once. Right. And I'm not saying I mind it. I'm just saying, you know, some people might it's take offense. It's my thing. It's my thing. Your, your thing is... But it's, I'm not saying I'm great at accents either. No. I'm just saying... No, they, you are. You're they, good. They, uh, maybe, but... Here's my thing. I feel like if I just do
1: one bad accent for everyone, yeah. then no one can get offended.
0: Yeah they're like oh well he also did a really bad right. you know Swedish accent. Yeah. You know his Swedish accent sounds like uh you know Canadian his <laughs> yeah. English sounds Australian. And, and Fargo. Uh, yeah. It's all just Fargo accent I guess.
2: Yeah. well, um,
0: it's all good
1: and it's it's, sat- good. It, it's satire so it's like I'm pretending to be an idiot oh, doing oh, oh, doing oh, oh. uh accents which is good cuz then I don't have to practice real accents. You know? Yeah.
0: Well let it be known this is called don't be an idiom because we feel like idiots that we don't know anything right. you know we all throw around these phrases but who even knows where they come from but we also don't know much in general so right. you know
1: and even when we learn something we we forget we're it. not really sure if it's real Yeah, <laughs> i mean like you know there's just so many sources i'm yeah, buried yeah. in sources here yeah i think i got
0: some good sources for my one today all right, well... I cross-referenced a lot today for today. Ooh, today's. that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Tasty a cross-country world. skier. And also, because we work at schools, we have, like, access to databases that are typically only reserved for, like, university research. We do? Well, I do. Maybe it's not where I work at a what? high school. Like, <laughs> what I, is it called? Like, you know, through my school's library, I can access, like, JSTOR and all these, like, um, oh, like databases and stuff so i can you know <clears throat> Let's double check that things are are real sources, i don't
1: think so. my school knows about like any smart
0: stuff because like, <laughs> well you work in elementary school
1: but i will say this um i last week when we were doing our um episode i did mine on uh uh, stockholm syndrome yeah yeah and there was a lot about like kidnap and mm-hmm. you know stuff that's uh, unsavory yeah. things and i'm you know i'm using the school um what, internet like, yeah because yeah, yeah. i needed to get some work done while i was at work so that's
0: a tasty uh, uh search history is what you're saying and
1: i was thinking that like i know they monitor the student progress <laughs> yeah uh, or, or what they're doing on online
0: yeah
1: because uh, we've had kids called out for it Right, but um I was like, well, hopefully everyone's a little asleep at the wheel here, because yeah, like if they would have if they would have pulled up what I was doing for
0: Stockholm, like, are syndrome, you going mean, to kidnap somebody? Oh yeah, or?
1: yeah, no, it looks like I was going to do some bad <laughs>
0: stuff, bad bad stuff. Well, I've always wanted someone to have Stockholm syndrome for me, so I'm just looking at how right that how is can i evoke those emotions in someone else right actually that is the goal right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah that's what love is
1: right?
0: <laughs> isn't that what marriage is you're just trying to trick someone into stockholm syndrome love
1: and marriage stockholm, stockholm syndrome, syndrome goes together <laughs> like a i
0: thought you're gonna come up with a Damn rhyme.
1: I, in. I don't
0: know call in if you can rhyme if with syndrome rhyme with syndrome yeah uh we're going to a zombie apocalypse show oh, tonight. Yes, dude. No, actually, all we're going to. try trying. All
2: right. <laughs> all
1: right. So for we're all of you out there that do know Zombie Apocalypse, yeah, you're awesome. But if you don't know Zombie Apocalypse, they're essentially the coolest, shortest, fastest metal hardcore band in the world.
0: Yeah, they're fast and they're heavy.
1: Yeah, and, and so they're, they're playing a coffee fucking shop out yeah, here, like six like blocks away from where we record. From us. Yeah. So, um. And we tried to get tickets ahead of time and we went over there uh, during, you know, operating hours and they were closed. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so in, a, in a few hours, by the time you hear this, we either will have or will not have seen this show. Hopefully it's of no fault of our own, though.
0: Yeah. No, no, we'll get there. We're recording a little bit earlier in the day yeah. so we can make this happen. So. You know what?
1: Even if we can't get in, the yeah. place is so tiny. Like we just stand outside and just shred and headbang
0: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I feel weird that I'm not going to be able to drink. I'm not drinking a beer right now. I'm usually drinking Oof. a beer while we record. And now I have a glass of wine because I just need to not drink beer for like a month because I am all paunched out. we are all paunched out. Up okay. in here. It's a, I'm feeling the puff. And, you know, speaking of paunched out, is that? <laughs>
1: I think that might be our own saying. Think so? I do. I think that we kind of, you know, like... Like
0: like ring your bell
1: yeah, I mean, and we and remember we even out? did. Um, no, that, I'm sure people say, I don't I'm know, feeling man. paunchy. I mean, yeah, paunchy. But I don't know if anyone said I'm all paunched out. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like you got a paunch. I know that. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, but
0: if you're like if you've been like just nonstop eating buffalo wings and drinking beer and eating hoagies, yeah. you're all paunched, paunched out, out. You need to like just cut that out for a couple of weeks and and get back to some semblance of, of yeah, normalcy. Yeah, the, the
1: beer just seems to just. Oh,
0: God, yeah. So I'm just... It's just cocktails and vino for me right. for the month. And I i found a $7.99 bottle of wine that I'm trying, trying nice. now. It's oh, that's Portuguese. Great. I feel like Dan Wickham would appreciate it. It's
1: a little pricey, but I... I $7.99? I that. <laughs>
0: that's pretty good for around here. <laughs> that's definitely good. With inflation. Oh, yeah. Uh, What else? You? Oh, you saw an Angela Lansbury movie. Oh, yeah. You want to tell me about so, it?
1: So um, on... You know, Thanksgiving, no, Halloween was on a Monday. So everyone was hanging out on a Saturday, it was a Friday, Saturday. Okay. They're like, you know, doing all I that, that say, stuff. And, you know, it just was kind of, you know, I'll admit it was probably a bit of a funk. And I was Oof. like, I'm just going to stay in and watch like a spooky something, right? Mm-hmm. And I pulled up by accident. I don't even know how I found myself there, uh, but I found this movie in the company of wolves. Mm-hmm. And it got, like, a really high rating on, like, Rotten Tomatoes and all that yeah. crap, you know? It's like a
0: classic 80s yeah. horror movie with yeah. awesome uh, special effects. Yeah.
1: So I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, I don't even know how I got here. I pulled it up, right? And it's like, the title screens are coming up. It's like, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I even texted Ryan. I was like, I can't believe I just, like, I found this. Because in our last episode, we had mentioned how Angela Lansbury has passed away. Mm-hmm. We feel we feel bad. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. um and then she just found herself to me, and uh, it was cool. I didn't even finish it because it was a long night. I, it's it's, a whole it's thing. hard to finish the whole thing, but the the scene, the scene of the guy turning into the werewolf, was a very
0: cool. Oh man, I, uh, nothing like a good wolf transformation scene.
1: Well, you know what I like? The thing about becoming a werewolf is it always seems painful, right?
0: It, yeah, as it should. It should be painful,
1: right? Like you know, because transformation could it doesn't have, like, like as a kid, you're like, oh, it doesn't
0: have to be painful, but
1: werewolves, I feel like they're always in pain when you're turning into a werewolf. Well,
0: Halloween night, I watched an American werewolf in London and that has one of the most famous transformation, very painful transformation scenes ever. And it's, oh man, I love it.
1: Dude. And that's the thing. It's like this one, the guy is just really ripping his skin
2: off of Uh himself.
1: And then for a while, the beast that is like, it's like coming out of the Yes. Becoming the wolf. Um, it's all, uh, muscle like it's all it's just no skin mm. for a while and i'm like that is got a fe- like how do you not get an infection
0: oh yeah that's a good question Yeah, wolves are I, werewolves are kind of like um like wolverine in a sense i feel like they just don't get hurt really they yeah. kind of they kind of yeah. like, have like a fast recovery yeah, what is that about the wolves they're magical
1: anyway i do wonder <laughs> about how at what point and here's the thing about as much as i like werewolves i don't want to be one because from what i gather about most you know people's depictions of werewolves yeah it's that when you're the werewolf
2: like you 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 don't don't remember remember it like you're blacked blacked out out. and stuff like
1: that so all the cool part sucks um and i wonder at what point during the transformation like do you feel the entire pain of the transformation Mm. then as soon as you're a wolf you black out yeah somewhere in the middle you black out like because that just seems all bad
0: yeah and you just have like deer hair in your mouth the next day and you're like Oh, shit, yeah,
1: that's kinda cool that.
0: though that's cool,
1: <laughs> oh, funnily enough, so I've been watching the critic because my uh i, I there's something up with all my streaming and i uh-huh. in my room, right, uh-huh. so there was this one where they always do you know these spoofs on the movies um and it was called. They were they were spoofing on that Jack Nicholson movie where Wolf. he's Wolf, right? Yeah. And this one's called Chicken. Okay. So he, okay. he you know, he's and like, Jack Nicholson turns like, into Hey, chicken. baby. He's like something <laughs> weird happens to me in the moonlight, and then like he turns into this chicken. He's like, "Don't be afraid, baby." And then there's like Michelle Pfeiffer is in bed with her arms crossed, and she's like, "Afraid of what? You're a giant chicken." And he's like, "Just for that, I'm gonna peck up your walls." <laughs> and <he's> t-
0: <laughs> Cool.
1: But my thing is this, like. You would be afraid if a man turned into a giant chicken monster in your room. That's oh scary. yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's that'd be scary for yeah. sure. Big chicken. Yeah. Uh cool. And you had a question about Halloween decorations, right? right. Okay, the... so
1: real quick, this is just for everybody out there.
0: Yeah, call in if you got a that response have, to this. You know, thing.
1: decorated for Halloween. So again, we work at schools. I have a new co teacher right now, and I had decorated the door. It was mm-hmm. mostly just the door uh, of the classroom with. Like Halloweeny stuff. Mm-hmm. I had this, like, I found this Beware Werewolf tape, like as like a, like coroner's tape, which I thought was kind of cool. Love it. The day after Halloween, yeah, she's like, "Oh, uh, hey, Albert. Um, so, um, what do you what do you think about?" And she's like pointing at the door, and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I I, I could take it down." But I'm just like, "Jesus God, give me a minute." Yeah. So, I, like, at what point do you have to take down the? I,
0: I think November 1st is okay. See, today. here's
1: my problem with
0: it. I mean, I, I th- do have th- two jack o' lanterns upstairs right now, but like, I'm just gonna let them ride out until they, like, you know, rot, yeah. rot boys.
1: I think the thing about Halloween is that because it's on the last day of the month, mm-hmm. you're like, month's over, holiday's over, boom. Like, but yeah. whatever. But it's like, see, I feel like that decorations kind of flow into Thanksgiving.
0: Mm, maybe. Pumpkin y. You just need to decorate earlier. October 1st, get them going immediately. Yeah.
1: I just don't Dude, like being. I rushed. hate
0: Christmas decorations that are like all, people are already uh, decorating oh. for Christmas. And
1: that was my that was going to be my next point about it. People decorate super early for Christmas. Yeah. They decorate before the the holiday that's before it. So yeah. like the, some you know before Thanksgiving, and then you can leave Christmas decorations up through New Year's, uh, through New Year's yeah. because it's like oh well, it's not over. It's New Year. It's the holiday oh, season. A, there's
0: a party five days oh, away. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know, man. Not fair. Culture, you know, culture wars. Culture man, <laughs> culture man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're gonna play a game. We're gonna yeah. see who goes first. We got a couple idioms to talk about today. And uh, what do you got for right, us, here's Jack a game Nicholson? You...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, see what you got here is a game you've definitely never heard of. Well, it's, it's called like you... <laughs> yeah, toss <what is> <laughs> up. Um, it's like a cocktail glass. It It does. It, does. it, does. it looks cubes like a in it. green glass with cubes in it. So. This thing we have played this on the show before a long time ago. Oh, um, we have long time ago. I yeah, I remember this. So it is basically just this glass with ten uh, colored dye in okay. it. Okay, yeah. And here and it's they're red and they're green and they're yellow. So. We're gonna shake out this each of us are gonna get to shake this out. Mm-hmm. For every green one we get that counts as a point. For mm-hmm. every yellow one, they're kinda like neutral, so you get
0: nothing. Gotcha. But for every
1: red one you have to deduct a point. Oh shit. So whoever has gotten okay. the best at the end.
0: Alright, why don't you go first? Here since we go. Holding it. All right. Here she comes.
1: Here comes. She- All right so i won the game Number one okay okay i'm Surprise. officially on the streak and uh you know rye i'm so glad that you brought up that we were going to uh the zombie apocalypse yeah. show tonight because yeah. they are definitely a band that could have uh-huh. but hasn't uh-huh. rested on their laurels rested on
0: their laurels yeah 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 what does that mean, rest on your laurels? I think uh, mo- most people say, like, don't rest on your don't laurels. Don't rest on your laurels. Does that mean, like, your, your, hold on, give me a second. I do want to kind of get, get this. Okay. Resting on your laurels means relying on your credentials or your, like, ugh, fuck, man. What you're well known for yeah. or no, something good. like that.
1: Yeah. It's to be content with one's past accomplishments and then to consider further effort unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Brain not feel right. I was having trouble. Oh, making brain not a feel right.
1: That. No, not at all <laughs> over here.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I'm a mess. I brought a to-go Margarita, uh, uh, Bloody Mary over here because we're, we're a mess here. But yeah, so... <laughs> So like people say don't rest on your laurels, you know. It reminds me of kind of like you're only as good as your last. Blah. Like I was like this this show, for example, like me right. and Ryan are very hard on ourselves and like <laughs> when we don't get a good epi- like we need a good that every episode's got to be at the best, and especially the song. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't want like we've got a good bank, <laughs> but like it only is as good as our last uh, as our last thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, can you, can you use this in a sentence for me? Do you have one?
1: Yes. Um Why don't we say that even though Ryan was the first um, hmm, Barcelona in space, (laughs) he shouldn't rest on his laurels and he should continue to strive for greater accomplishments so really, sort of thing.
0: Really, it's said, it's said to people to, to say, like, don't stop where you're at, even though you've done some great yeah. things. You need to keep going, pursuing things, yeah. accomplishing things.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds you of kind of like the one-hit wonder thing, right? Like, you could write the best song. You can make the best piece of art. You could have the best football catch. But, mm-hmm. like, if then you just stop, mm-hmm. um, like, it's kind of like you become old hat and it's not that it's all about the staying power
0: the staying power yeah
1: and not i guess not even the staying power it's really more about just you continuing to try to do better like i think that's it feels very american to me it's like
0: Mm. how you could just never fucking stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah like nothing's good enough right for sure okay all right so uh i'm gonna guess the origin here oh Oh. well
1: well look who's the other guy who left his phone on shit
0: Oh my God, man! Sorry I knew about it.
1: that. Oh God,
0: dude! Oh man, I like got fucking work group messages.
1: What are they talking about? Know, They're like now, Saturdays, huh?
0: And you know how, like, if not everyone has an iPhone, then you can't leave the group message. Hmm. That is a I nightmare. I don't know that,
1: but also, Did like, what is the deal, people? Like, get an iPhone. <laughs> I don't even like <laughs> Apple, but what are you doing? <laughs>
0: Uh yeah I, I can't leave it's, it's 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 terrible you
1: can't leave you can't can leave you, a group message can you if not it?
0: everyone sure I can like hide alerts but it's still there right still coming through
1: I remember I didn't know how all that worked and yeah. a couple years ago my family started doing this group group <laughs> message and immediately it was too many people t- saying way too much stuff and it about doesn't end kids and holidays and stuff yeah. so I left
0: and it says but, Albert has left this and
1: I didn't know that but oh, my yeah. my sister Maria my cousin Maria texted me like a screenshot of that. And she's like, yeah, you're yeah. an asshole. And I was like, <laughs> why would it do that?
0: <laughs> that's so good. I know.
1: Dude, I had no idea. Like,
2: can't I can't just
0: that. leave. Dude, I would have done it already if I could, but I, just, it's not an option. Were they asking anywhere. you to go axe throwing? <laughs> yeah. You want to go axe throwing today? Um, okay. So rest on your laurels. So Brian's going to try to guess okay, where, at, where the s- origin comes from. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, um, I, I'm going to guess that this comes from the famous comedy duo, Laurel and Hardy. Dude,
1: I was just thinking that <laughs> if I was to come up with a guess,
0: I would do Laurel
1: and Hardy.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking of that.
0: So Laurel and Hardy, they were like a post-Charlie Chaplin, um, silent film duo that eventually also made talkies for, for, for a couple of decades. And they're the best. They're the absolute best. And um, it's uh, Oliver Hardy and Stan Laurel. Now, in this comedy duo, oh, yeah. S- Stan Laurel plays... He plays the idiot, right? They're both both—they're both buffoons and idiots, but Stan Laurel's like really dumb. Is he the fat one? He's the skinny one. Oh, he's the skinny one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And Oliver Hardy, is he's always come up, like, now, like, let's follow my plan. And like, you know, they're always, you know, yeah, things always go wrong. But in, in reality, behind the scenes, Stan Laurel actually wrote... All of the the scripts and he like, you know, did all this editing and he like you know, was really involved in the creative process and he was really like a genius. Even after Oliver Hardy died, he would continue writing scripts for them just because he like loved it so much oh, and he wow. missed Hardy so much. Isn't that awesome? Even
1: though they he knew they were never gonna be made. Yeah,
0: he just like like as a hobby it just like kept writing scripts for them and
1: for all you out there in wonderland that are wondering why ryan knows so much his yeah. dad is a huge <laughs> fan right isn't you yeah didn't well, get i grew you, up watching he got you in, into it right yeah, yeah, yeah
0: okay yeah. cool but i yeah i love them um so yeah so like laurel um is you know like just this amazing british comedy writer who just like never stopped but Oliver Hardy, you know, he he wanted to go gambling. He wanted to go drinking. You know, maybe oh, yeah. do go to some some ho- race tracks. Oh yeah, he was living. This is he large. real life, or yeah, the show?
1: No, this is real okay. life. Okay. <laughs> well, he's got all that. He's got all that black and white money.
0: And so um, he, so Oliver Hardy, um, you could say he he leaned on Stan Laurel and Stan Laurel's sure. work ethic, absolutely right. Um, and he never would have made great things, perhaps, if Stan Laurel wasn't the one supporting both of them and mm-hmm. r- developing all of this great comedy. And so he should not rest on his laurels, wow. Laurel, because wow. just wow. <laughs> because you know, if Laurel didn't exist, then he would have nothing and be nothing. And so then that, that's just kind of you know eventually it gets changed around and it's like we all have a laurel in our life Uh, I'm looking at my laurel (laughs) right here that's essentially the story of don't be an idiot without knowing
1: Ryan I would have nothing interesting in my life ever (laughs) not just the show world traveling music anything anything that
0: is perfect for this show so it's true so rest on your laurels It's the pluralization because we all have a laurel in our life. Yes, we do. So that's my guess. Wow, that's great. Okay, so apropos for this episode. (laughs) I did not even consider
1: uh, any of that, but yes, perfect. Um, But not uh, the... (laughs) The meaning because uh, this one goes way back.
0: It's ancient Greek, isn't it's it? It's ancient Greek. Yeah, I it's thought it might be. Greek. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> you know it's funny because I was talking to my roommate on the way over here, and she was like, well, "What are you doing?" I was like, uh, "You know, the rest of your laurels. And she's like, "Oh, ancient Greece." I'm like, "Damn it! What does everybody know this?"
0: <laughs> you know, I did think it was ancient Greek, but I just couldn't like think of what the story would yeah. be for for that.
1: So again, this is one of those things you you, you might hear it all the time. I went once I heard it, I was like, "Oh, duh," um, but. Basically, for all y'all out there that are like, oh, duh, too, um, <laughs> it comes back to a tree, okay, which is the Lauris nobilis tree, also known as the sweet bay. Mm. Um, and so you think of like a bay leaf. I feel like, you know, like you put a bay leaf in something, it makes it very...
0: Wait, is, ba- is bay leaf come from the sweet bay tree? Uh,
1: yeah, like it's a colloquialism, you know, like ah. sweet bay. So like, you know, like... It's actually actually used for like decoration a lot of times, but you might use it in some culinary yeah. sort
0: of thing. Well, laurels like um like wreaths? So right. So
1: that's that's where they come from. So the classic ancient Greece, you think thinking a Caesar Little Caesar's kinda. pizza. Yeah, with the with the laurel those are laurel leaves right, on, yeah. on their on their head there. Yeah. yeah. So that's where it all comes back from. So it started off as actually being a trophy. So there was these things called the uh pinthian or pinthian games mm-hmm. at and at this uh, ancient city of delphi mm-hmm. and these things predated the olympic games which is like what we kind of think of yeah. so these were from 582 bc to 394 ad and they would have them every four years
0: a great time period
1: oh you oh. are if you i'll tell you what
0: all oh, the, the olive oil uh, the wine
1: you know this I honestly. The no, togas. I just feel like God. Even if you were the richest person there, it's still disgusting.
0: <laughs> Probably. That, that's just. You'd have me. to be the richest. I'm
1: glad. That,
0: or maybe I, it was nice. Maybe it was just.
1: What? Like the sand dried everything out?
0: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. think so. Like I just. I don't know, but you're living in ancient Greece, though. You know. I. You got a nice view. You could. You You, t- you go for a swim. I mean, we're and, gonna uh, be
1: peasants, though.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. So,
1: like, there's that's odds true. of us being that I, not interested is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You can live like sure. a king here, sure. you know, just being the nobody mm-hmm. um, compared to them. But basically, so, okay, so think Olympic, Olympics, but actually there wasn't as much focus on the athletic stuff. There was some athletic stuff. This was more about the arts, like music, acting, dancing, and painting oh, okay. uh, is what these were mostly about. And the best of the best would... The only prize was this laurel wreath, was what they would what they would wear, and then they continued doing that in the Olympic Games. But then it became an olive leaf.
0: Oh. Yeah. All right. So it, it would, I love olive leaves, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, beautiful. Like just seeing them, I love. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could give some. You can extend an olive branch, uh, figuratively. That's right. You know? that's right.
0: That's another idiom. Um.
1: Right. So all right, there was also um. In Rome, if you had like a success, successful victory, um, I mean like a battle or something yeah. like that, if you were like a general or whatever, they would put the laurel wreath on your head and they would parade you through the city in something called a triumph. That was mm. the name of it. So picture something like this. You've probably seen before, right? This old boy. He's up on oh, a chariot. Sure. Yeah, 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 the And he's like, yo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some steeds.
1: Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that we started using them for also.
0: Great. So if you're rocking one of those, you've done something important whether it's in the arts, sports, or
1: Yeah, it's just such a clutch. show. No, 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 what are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Sorry, Rob. <laughs> I have this thing on my computer that'll like read me text sometimes cuz I can't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. she thought I wanted her. Okay. So um, I just think that, that that image is so classic. It right is, yeah. and you and like you said, the <laughs> Little Caesars pizza, pizza. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, classic. All right, so, um, but then after the Greek and Roman times, we kind of see the laurel wreaths kind of just go into hiding for a while, and then they come back uh, around the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. I I've got a little quote here from 1385 Let's hear it. from someone who shows up time and time again on our show the jeffrey chaucer man and he uses it like this with laurel with laurel crowned as conqueror there he lived in joy and honor so it was just that reference to you did something great
0: and was this in was this in canterbury tales oh oh
1: this is a knight's tale knight's tale yeah is knight's tale in canterbury Tales? I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, right? So, dude, even old Napoleon got in on this stuff. Look at this painting of Napoleon. Oh, my God. Right? And he's got that laurel reed. And he looks like a baby.
0: Yeah. What is his deal? I have a student who's obsessed with Napoleon. He always gives me Napoleon facts. I'm like, dude, hey, why do you like Napoleon so much? Here's the thing. Are we...
1: Like, is Napoleon
0: bad? Like, what's his deal? <laughs> uh, I know
1: that the whole Napoleon complex thing is bad, but, like... Yeah. Was he bad?
0: I think. Uh, um, listen, we're idiots.
1: I listen. I just don't know. We haven't. I'm, it's funny that we haven't really traced well, down an idiom yet that has something like
0: yeah a lot to do with Napoleon because I think well, that we would. Was Napoleon responsible for the French Revolution? Because the French Revolution was a way of kind of bringing power back to the people because well, the aristocracy good, right? of France was getting out of control, and so I think then once Napoleon got in there. Then, but he got a little power hungry himself. Well, yeah, and so there's kind of like you know some.
1: So he was trying to give stuff back to the people, like, but then he was like, well, "I'm going to ba- take some for
0: myself." But now that I'm here, it's pretty tasty. Yeah, let's maybe we uh yeah, maybe call, we need let, to look this up. Let
1: us know if you know anything about <laughs> Napoleon, because I thought he was a dick, right? Like yeah. But then I saw this book at my at my school this oh. week, and it was like was a kid that like was obsessed with
0: Napoleon and he was like I was
1: like is that good? that's a bad look right
0: I, th- I think Genghis Khan was the problem Genghis you know. Khan <laughs> I'm ma- mainly this is coming from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure
1: yeah all right well anyway so Napoleon we don't know where we stand on but so <laughs> so after that it started you know about after it was about like um, victories and all that sort of stuff like battle stuff it actually started being attributed to um, poets. So you had like the great poets like Ovid and Dante, mm, mm. and there was a lot of old depictions of them wearing laurel wreaths. And you might know the term poet laureate.
0: Poet laureate, right? Oh yeah, and you're right. Dante Alighieri's always shown with the laurels right? over his head. Yeah.
1: So the funny thing about poet laureate. Now, if my roommate's listening, she'll remember that we met this one-eyed guy at a hardware store up cool. in the Catskills. The dude was grizzled. Great I sentence. loved him. I loved him. And he we were just we were looking for fly paper you know because oh, you yeah, get sure. flies yeah. you know <laughs> and he was like he was just really personable and odd and, and he was like you know i'm also the town uh, poet laureate and mm. i remember
0: like i, I know that, how heard, many other poets are there in this town is exactly question, yeah.
1: i mean and i think it's like a self-proclaimed thing nice. but i remember thinking like I know I've heard that before, but this is like the first time someone I've met one. I yeah, guess. right. Yeah. And he wasn't what I was thinking a poet laureate with. Yeah, like. sure. but, uh, but he was cool and I can see it now in my mind, but anyway, uh, there's also, it continues to be used today that, that term laureate as, um, a person crowned with a laurel wreath mm. and we might know, um, like a, a one that's still going on today as a, as a Nobel laureate, like mm-hmm. the Nobel Peace Prize, yeah right? right, yeah, so that's all still comes from there. love that. Now, in the beginning, the term was not um, rest on your laurels, but repose on your laurels. so um, and it wasn't negative at first, so it usually was used when it seems like advice it what i mean it like is, it doesn't no,
0: seem negative at all well, just like just no, no like
1: right no i mean i guess the um i guess the what i mean by that is um like if you tell somebody be like yo don't let rest on your laurels yeah you're right it is advice mm-hmm. it is but to rest on your laurels would be negative is what mm-hmm. I, I guess i'm saying does that mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. so but in, in the beginning that when it was used it was um it was like if a soldier or an important like official was retiring they would use it like uh like it's a good thing. Like go go repose on your laurels. Go relax, dude. You yeah. you've you've earned it. You know. Please repose. Yeah. So there's this uh, one quote from 1723, the memoirs of Cardinal de Retz, and he says the Duke of Orleans was old enough to take his repose under the shadow of his laurels. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, Yeah, I got my wreath on, I'm just got gonna go. Well, finally relax. I I wonder though, I, I do wonder, like, could you imagine if you earned the laurel wreath and then you're just like, All right, I'm just gonna go get a coffee or something like that. And everyone's like, Ho ho, ho ho. And like like yeah. it would be like a nice little badge of honor, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it would be like wearing a medal around your neck in a way. Yeah, right? like
1: I'm number one. Yeah. Don't or like old fart, retired or something like
0: that. <laughs> it's just like that.
1: Yeah. Um, another way to use it was in this uh, in this thing called the Gentleman's Magazine out of London about this retiring schoolmaster. This is 1733, and he says, "So now, a paternal sage, mayest now repose, nor seek new laurels to adorn thy brows." It's like, dude, don't don't even worry. You got the laurels. Just relax. But then in the 19th century is where we get that m- sort of negative connotation about like, don't be lazy. You gotta yeah. keep working like until you're dead. Yeah, which I do. I do have a bit of a problem with it. To some degree I'm good with it. Like you do need to kind of keep working, but like at some point you should be able to relax. It seems think?
0: like a phrase that like Victorian England would have kind of brought back into Oh yeah, those Victorians. But is that where like where was this starting to be used in the late 1800s? All right.
1: So here, we, I have an example here in 1825 in the Literary Chronicle, they were praising this woman Maria Edgeworth. Are you familiar with her? No. Oh, me neither. I don't know. <laughs> But um, they say we do not affect to wish that she would repose on her laurels and rest satisfied. On the contrary, we believe that genius is inexhaustible. For Miss Edgeworth, there must be no rest on this side of the grave. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then it wasn't until the 1830s that we actually even started using um, rest rest versus repose. Okay. But you might be asking yourself, why laurel leaves? There's so many leaves out there. Why, right? Do you know? I'm
0: assuming there's some symbolic uh, connection. This is the tasty part for me, okay? What's the connotation Um, of laurel? Okay,
1: let's talk about the Greek god Apollo. Oh. All right, so there is this story about Apollo and his love for the nymph Daphne. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nymph, right? Oh, man, nymphs. Uh, Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, he was the god of reason music and poetry and he in the story it basically goes like this he was coming back from slaying this monster named python and he runs into none other than cupid
0: cupid famous
1: famous little cupid sure, right? yeah and he was like bragging that his bow was bigger than cupid's <laughs> Uh, which of course because cupid's a little guy like yeah. and, like why would he have something as big as like a big old god right? yeah right but Cupid got pissed and he was like all right just for that I'm gonna shoot you with the golden arrow the golden arrow is gonna make you fall in love with the first person that you see mm-hmm. so um uh he who he sees is this nymph Daphne right yeah and he's like oh mama and he's like so totally obsessed but then at the same time Cupid shoots Daphne with a iron tipped arrow that will make her impervious to love like she just don't give oh, a shit. shit.
0: This is so greek. Right? Yeah.
1: So um so uh, Apollo is a, like he's like he's crazy over her and he just chases her through the woods and like she, she's like trying to get no, I away. Know yeah. Yeah, no, 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 she's trying to get away. And so she runs into her father Penius, mm. and he and when he sees like that, she's like, I mean, she probably it's not it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he turns her into dun 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 a laurel, laurel tree. tree. Yeah. Um. But Apollo is still into her. Like he like embraces yeah. the tree and makes like a wreath. And he's like just like in
0: a, a way, it's worse to have become a tree because now she can't even escape him. Right. Just yeah, in he's tree just form, got a hump he's just on like, her for yeah, a while. Rub, yeah. Like <laughs> rubbing all over. And I'd be like, <laughs> God damn it! Like
1: <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. Um, so there's this uh, there's this part in Ovid who I mentioned before it's his, his poem the metamorphosis and it goes yeah. a little something like this fairest of maidens you are lost to me but at least you shall be my tree with your leaves my victors shall wreathe their brows you shall have your part in all my triumphs mm. apollo and his laurel shall be joined together wherever songs are sung and stories are told mm. and there's this famous painting um apollo pursuing daphne by giovanni battista tipioli in um 17, uh, and there it is nice and it's uh, it's got apollo and it's got daphne and yeah. then you got cupid hiding behind because he knows that he fucked up like actually he's like oh shit
0: yeah With, you should look up there's a sculpture of this moment um in a museum in rome actually that's oh, yeah that's really uh incredible and like she's turning into a tree like oh, nice. while she's like running away and he's behind her but i can't remember the sculptor's name but yeah. it's it's pretty cool
1: it's just like i get my my wonder is that like does she get to Unbecome a tree, or does he hang around so. the tree the whole time? Does he never leave the tree? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. And like, does Cupid have different arrows that can like undo shit? Like,
0: yeah, there usually aren't endings to these Greek myths. That's they're just, just kind of like it, these little like snapshots. Misery forever,
1: <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, so that's and that story is where it all stems from, right? And I thought it was worth mentioning because now I'm at my fun facts. Is that Apollo's face? Uh, where, mm. with, with the laurel Reeves on his head um, it's stamped on Greek coins from all the way back to 2nd century BC mm. so and I even have an example right here this is what he looks like okay. so you can go out down to the Wawa and pick one of those up I feel like they all look like that they do <laughs> they do kind of but it's there and uh, okay but this is even better here we go check this out Nobel laureates, do you know what they get? You know, you hear about the Nobel Peace Prize every year. Do you know what they win? Four hundred thousand dollars. No. Oh. All right. Here's what you get. They get like a gold medal. You do get a medal. You also get a diploma, I guess, that you can hang on the wall that okay. says like I'm a Nobel Peace Prize guy. They also get ten million Swedish krona. Wow. And I was like, is that a lot or a little? <laughs> it's nine hundred and eight. Thousand No, it's essentially, it's just shy of a million dollars U.S. Wow. That's a good deal.
0: Right. Right? And now you can use that to continue your... To, to not to no rest, rest, on rest on your laurels. laurels. Exactly. Now,
1: I would say at that point, I'd probably just be like, I'll take that. I'm just going to chill mill now. Mill and yeah. chill.
0: <laughs> mill and chill. Take that mill and chill. All
1: right. Then also, there are poet laureates in the U.K. that get... um Like if you're named a poet laureate... Yeah. You get 6000 pounds salary a year. Oh, that's good. And wait, a
0: year. Yeah. Okay, well that's not much. 6000 pounds a no, year. No, it's
1: not a lot, but like just think like you could be doing other stuff and you're still getting still getting 6000
0: pounds. That's not like that's like nothing though. Yeah, but
1: but I'm just saying it's like a bonus. It's you like can. it's like one of those lotteries where you win like $6000. Money for life. <laughs> yeah. Um but you also get a butt of sack or a butt of canary wine. And what that means
0: is a barrel of sherry wine. You get 6,000 pounds and a butt of sh- of sack. Uh-huh, a butt of sack. And that's like they, they, nothing.
1: They still do it. No, that's not nothing. Listen to this. A butt of a barrel of sherry, that's 720 bottles of wine doled out to oh, you, that you that over 10 lot. years.
0: Yeah, that is a lot.
1: That's 70, 72 bottles of wine that's a year. That's a lot of that's sherry. nothing to sneeze at. And
0: sherry's not wine, though. I mean, like, you drink sherry, like, once, maybe, like, once a month, I feel like. Well, that's why it can last yeah, 10 so years. It can last more than that. Um,
1: so, yeah, uh, that is pretty much a wrap on rest on your laurels and don't do it people you're living in too much of a high paced society right now
0: yeah well we're trying to slow it down nothing's good enough <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun fact to add about Delphi alright we live in Philadelphia which means brother of Delphi
1: get the hell
0: you out know that? of here get the hell phi out of here get the hell fi out of here did not know so in a sense we're kind of connected agreed agreed and to then disagree. they had the
1: oracles at Delphi remember them
0: yeah yeah you can visit the ruins of the oracles of delphi do you think they're real uh i think they were probably stoned out of their minds right or like just like yeah tripping balls on yeah, psychedelic we could be mushrooms oracles or... of
1: the new delphi the <laughs> philadelphia
0: <laughs> the Woo-hoo! oracles of philadelphia I, mean, I feel
1: like i'm oracled sometimes <laughs> on the right night
0: <laughs> all right we'll be right back after this brief intermission bye
1: Welcome back.
0: We did some snuff before the show, which... Which is legal. <laughs> which is legal, but, you know, it's really, it's a, it's a part of the don't be an idiom practice, you know? Yeah. If you listen to all 68 uh, episodes, then, you know, snuff comes from an idiom history yeah. that we did, and now then we just started doing it. Right. And it's fun. Right. Like, it literally makes you sneeze. It yeah. kind of fucks your head up for like ten minutes. It
1: does. It gives you a nice rush. It's like the first time you ever had a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, wow. But um, yeah, it's just you know putting uh, <laughs> pipe tobacco in your brain essentially.
0: <laughs> gotta be terrible. But for
1: you. uh, yeah, but like you know, it's just not a thing around here. But you can order it from uh, mrsnuff.com. dot um,
0: Listen, everyone. So last week uh, we mentioned that we started a Patreon. So it's yes. a Patreon.com slash don't be an idiom. And uh, I think after the our intermission, we're just going to, you know, just bring it up and say, hey, if you want to contribute, if you want to be part of this project, if you want to contribute to the arts, if you want to help us yes. update our equipment and keep our back catalog online. Yes, yes, um, yes, Or yes, just, yes. you know, buy us, you know, a cup of coffee. Yeah, a cup of coffee to keep us awake so we don't have to do the snuff. Um, oh, yeah, or we could maybe... Um, or buy more snuff buy more stuff is what i was thinking <laughs> but yeah if you go to patreon and you uh become one of our patrons you become full, full goth. goth all right and so that's like a big it's easy you don't no longer have to wear goth makeup you yeah. no longer have to dye your hair black it's just permanent right until you it's until you no longer inside. are a patron
1: yeah but yeah uh, you know we we appreciate any help that we can get because you know uh Believe it or not, some people think that all this stuff doesn't cost any money, and it does. And we we want to keep doing it, and it, it just helps. If you if you can help out, that's great. And we would like to acknowledge one of our very special Patreon members. Uh, this our second ever to donate, actually, and it is a guy whose name you've heard on the show before, Brian Bub Sheeran. Now this guy, I love him. Uh, you might have remembered a couple many episodes back. I forget. We were, we did a lot about Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. yeah. One uh, one episode. In
0: the
2: 40s.
1: Yeah. And uh, Bub is... He's. I thought I was the biggest Drop Dead Fred fan, but it sounds like he is. He has been Drop Dead Fred on multiple Halloweens, and his costume's amazing. Yeah, that's great. And um, you know, he used to uh, work at the local bar that we used to go to all the time. That's how we connected, and we had a house in South Jersey for a while. And I'll never forget that there was uh, one night that he slept on my roof, and (laughs) just. Always just a chill, cool guy that's always down for whatever, and um, it, he just—I'm just—we're just so happy to have him as not only a listener but a supporter. Bubs, you're the man. Thank and, you, Bubs. Uh, and and say hi to Boobs for us, which is his cat's name. Bubs and Boobs. Yep. And well, I take a oh, Bub. Oh, sorry, Bub, you Bub, don't Bub. know, but I know I, I accidentally added an S there. Oh, but, okay. but But dude, thanks so much, and keep on listening, man.
0: Yeah. So. Um, Alright, let's get into the second idiom here. Albert, let's I, go. I'm a little embarrassed because uh, I should have said break a leg before we started uh, well, our, our well, podcast well, episode break again. a leg
1: very famous idiom. That's a big one, that right? It is a big one, especially for performers like us. <laughs> performers like us. Whoops.
0: I uh hey, what's break a leg mean? Alright, so I, can, I, kn- I can't believe we hadn't done this. Have you researched it before? Yeah. No, Do you know no, it? no, no,
1: no, okay. no. No, I don't know it. But um I heard one thing about it once, oh, okay. and I don't know if it's true, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I should guess that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but no, I did not research it, so break a leg is definitely the, something that you hear when people are about to go and put on a, a, any kind of a performance, like, hey, get out there and break a leg, and you kind of think to yourself, you're like, well, why would you want me to break a leg? That sounds bad for the but show, that's because right? it means... Because it means that do a good job.
0: Good luck, yeah. Good luck. luck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. A typical English idiom used in the context of theater or other performing arts to wish a performer good luck. Okay. So. Break a leg. What is the origin of break a leg? Kind of a strange thing to say to a performer. Right, because it
1: seems like the opposite of what you would want to happen.
0: That's right. Especially
1: if it's that big old thigh bone. That's a big bone. (laughs) Man,
0: I would hate to break my thigh.
1: Dude, I feel like, how long are you? Oh, golly. In hospital.
0: Long time.
1: Um... So, okay, I would imagine that saying something like break a leg, uh, it's like the opposite of what you're really trying to say. Like yeah. It would be like, you really would want to be like, don't break your leg. Like, yeah. in fact, have your legs have extra energy, really, so right. you can prance around on May stage. May your legs
0: have extra energy. Yes,
1: that's what we should be saying. <laughs> uh huh. Um, okay, I'm going to say this comes from one second. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. You ever heard of the uh, Scottish Highland dancers? Yeah, sure. Actually, there's, to go back to uh, um, home movies again, Mm. uh, Coach McGurk has a secret um, passion to one day become a A Scottish Highland dancer. And they are known for their really high kicks. Mm. Have you ever seen this?
0: No, like real videos of it? It's wild. No, it's it's
1: wild, yeah. So, what I'm going to say is, Back in the in the old Irish days, the Scottish days, you when you're up there with the original troops of yeah. the of the Highland dancers, yeah. right? There was M- Molly Maguire. She was she was good.
2: Molly oh, no. Maguire is that? It?
0: It's not Scottish.
1: Let's, let's do that again.
2: <laughs> I feel like uh, give, me a, give me a Scottish. I feel like you've day. used
0: Molly Maguire before. I
1: don't think so. But what, what, it what feels what,
0: Irish? But it could be Scottish. All right.
1: Let's do. How about um? Actually, I'd rather it be a guy.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: What would be like a good old fashioned Scottish name? Seamus. Seamus
0: McBlamish. McBlamish. Yeah, okay.
1: So the thing, it's good that we got a guy here because, you know, like traditionally the Highland dancers are, it's a lot of women because they just got a lot of spring in their Mm -hmm. step, right? Yeah, okay. But Seamus, he was from a young age, he knew that he wanted to be a Highland dancer. the,
0: The Billy Elliot of Scotland. Sure,
1: yeah, yeah. So he would practice and he would practice and he would like, you know, he would hold goats while he was doing his kicks so that way when he didn't have to hold goats on the stage, It'd be he'd be even easier, yeah. right? It's like those people that do that like Alpine training crap with like, you know, goats. gas masks on and stuff <laughs> uh-huh. like that, you know? Um, so uh, Seamus, he finally got his chance um, and they were like, Now, this is a big deal here, Seamus, because you're the only man that's ever gotten to do this with the lasses. you know. yeah. And he's like... Lassies. Lassies. And he's like, and I can do it. So he gets out there in his first show, right? His parents are in the front row. Like, everyone's there. The whole town is there. And he's been training with goats. He's been holding two goats under his arms while he's been doing his kicks. So now, when the show starts... He just starts... Flying. He is bounding upon the stage, yeah. right? And, you know, sometimes you just fly a little too close to the sun. Whoa. And Seamus did yeah. jump way too high, could not catch himself. And he actually landed in a pile of goats, which is kind of ironic, and mm. did break both legs.
0: The femurs? And
1: he did not... <laughs> he, he was never able to dance highland again. again. Okay, yeah. But... The legend of Seamus uh always lived on because they were like, you know what? Even though he fucked up, he was <laughs> he really went for it. Mm-hmm. So I think when people say break a leg now, they're like, Break a leg like Seamus, but don't re- like go just don't go too far. Go as far as you can without getting hurt.
0: Break a leg because the passion is there.
1: Yes. Like you want the passion of breaking the leg without actually breaking yeah. the leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. It's
1: it's kinda of like saying, like, do it for Seamus.
0: Do it for do this for Seamus. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Strong.
1: I don't so, know. <laughs>
0: um, but I did I did hear you say that you think you you heard um a possible origin. So if I hit if I touch upon that be like, oh, that's the thing I was okay, thinking yeah. Of. And again,
1: not research. Somebody just said something to me once. And I was like, is mm. that true? Because it can make sense in that way.
0: So there's evidence of this being used as something performers would say to each other as far back as the 1920s. Okay. That's far. Now, there are some, there are multiple theories, but there is one that etymologists feel like is the most probable. Mm. And it starts with a German expression, actually. And so there's something called... I'm, I want to define a term for you, which is loan translation. Have you ever come upon that in any of your idiom research? Like
1: You might say this is a loan translation.
0: It's a loan no, translation. I don't know. Wait,
1: wait, L-O-N-E or L-O-A-N?
0: L-O-A-N. So, oh, you borrow it. Yeah, yeah. So when a language borrows from another language a phrase word for word, which doesn't... You Interesting. Know, you know, because like uh, between the devil and the deep blue sea... Like there, that phrase exists in a lot of different languages, but there's different words being used, right. right? So,
1: where you're saying, like, I'm in a different country speaking a different language, and we still say it the way is the old country.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get yeah. It. So, um, yeah, it's called loan translation. So, there's this German expression "Hals und Beinbruch."
1: Okay.
0: And this literally means neck and leg break.
1: Oh shit! No, it's, i never heard nothing about a neck.
0: So that's what it translates to. And now, so that itself is a loan translation of a Hebrew phrase, Hatzlaka Ubraka, which literally translates to success and blessing. So it's like a popular Yiddish um, blessing, it means good luck. Now, the Germans took it as sort of a pun because to Germans, that Yiddish phrase sounded like neck and leg break. You see what I mean? Sounded like, like but not in Yiddish. That's not what it meant. Yeah, like if someone who's Jewish said, Hatzlaka ubraka. Actually, I'm not sure if it's Hatzlacha or Ubracha, but I think it's a hard C-H sound. But Um,
1: I can hear the braka break. Yeah,
0: and then, so Hatzlaka ubraka. If you say that in Yiddish, if someone who's German who doesn't speak Yiddish hears it, they're like, oh, that sounds like Halsundbeinbrach, which means neck and leg break.
1: Whoa, so they're saying in our language, that sounds like something else.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, it's like
1: you're like... I. You just it just sounds like your words, but they're not
0: right. Yeah, they yeah. Mean to,
1: okay, cool. All so right. yeah, so that loan translation got it.
0: So so yeah, like so it's a Yiddish breast blessing, and then the Germans started saying like, oh, that sounds like neck and leg break in German, right? And um so then Haus und Beinbruch became like a pun, like I guess like a funny sure. slang thing that Germans would say. Now like it it started to mean good luck in german even though they're saying neck and leg break because in yiddish it meant good luck see what i mean so it
1: meant good luck it in sounded yiddish. like break your neck and leg yeah but they still took that
0: as good luck
1: connotation of, of like you, you, like it's like but it means good luck yeah and we yeah. don't know
0: why yeah <laughs> right yeah so germans are throwing this around is like they're literally saying neck and leg break but it means good luck to us cool now here's the not cool part. It's uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. Smoke
0: too soon. <laughs> no, it is cool because you know there there were plenty of um, Yiddish speaking Germans, like like uh, Jewish Germans. Um, but during World War II, Mm-mm. the Luftwaffe they were like the aerial warfare branch of um the, of Germans military. Mm. They would say. Halsun Beinbrock to each other, like good luck, you know, like when you're going out there to kill, to kill Jewish like people. yeah, oh,
2: God.
0: Or, or, or the Allied forces or oh, whatever sure. it may well, yeah, have been. Sure. But the Luthwaf, so like I, I should have asked my dad about them because he's he like <sighs> knows all this shit, and he works at um he works at a Jewish museum in Cherry Hill. We should go go see that.
1: I know. I keep waiting for him to invite me.
0: He's he's like uh made a bunch of the different um like exhibits and stuff. Remember,
1: he thought they found a skin lamp. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't real, right? Or yeah, something? yeah,
0: yeah. Someone had donated it. Um, Their grandfather was in Auschwitz and came upon it somehow. And they I thought it was like a human skin. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't that was, right. Because yeah. he,
1: he, he was like, you got to get this analyzed.
0: It ended up not being that. Oh. But um, so the, these these Nazis, these Nazi uh, Air Force guys um, had, they were part of the... Um, The faction that did experiments on on Jews in concentration camps. Wait, is this
1: Josef Mengele territory?
0: Uh, Himmler. He was like one
1: of the like. He was
0: bad. Oh, he was he one of the scientists?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Well, these guys did a lot of experiments with um, like they would take uh, like any any of the Jewish people that were in Auschwitz or um, what's the other one, uh, Dachau? Uh huh. And they would do these cold experiments on them. Where, like how
1: much cold can you take? Yeah, exactly. Like mm. how much
0: cold can a human take and can you bring them back to life afterwards? And obviously most of them just died. Be- Yeesh. Because of the fighting the Nazis were going to do in the Eastern Front, you know, when they were fighting USSR, like they were they were like not used to this amount of cold, but they thought that because of their genetics that they had superior resistance to cold, but they, it wasn't working. You know what I mean? Whoa, yeah. Because Nazis just believed that they were actually superior. Wow. And so they're like, you know, surely we, ha- you know, genetically we can handle the colds better than anybody. But that yeah, wasn't what the do case. do
1: they think they are? Werewolf soldiers,
0: <laughs> right? And there's actually some, there's some exploitation Nazi werewolf horror movies from the seventies. Yeah,
1: I've actually heard that uh, too. Ilsa,
0: the werewolf. Um, within, uh, yeah, like something like. Oh God, I look. I gotta look it up. But um so anyway, these these Luftwaffe guys would use this this phrase quite quite often and there's and like they'd
1: a, be basically saying go break a leg.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And they were saying good luck. But right. they might also be breaking some necks and legs out there, right? Well, oh, that's
0: true too. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, it's not like this was just reserved for Nazis because um a lot of Jewish Germans that fled Germany and came to America, they brought that phrase with them, that yeah. Haus und Beinbruch phrase. And so once a lot of these um, Jewish-German people started getting involved in, like, Broadway and stuff.
1: Okay, now there's the theater. So there's, okay. there's
0: the connection that, like, they started, you know, using the 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 phrase um, and using it in English. Sure. So instead of saying neck and leg break, you're saying break a leg.
1: And they get rid of the neck.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too It's too busy. Too much, yeah. yeah. Too- <laughs> exactly. And so now, and I guess there's a superstition that goes along with performing arts where... It's bad luck to say good luck, and this exists in a lot of different languages. That and makes cultures. sense. Yeah, yeah. So in in most languages, it's bad luck. To, it's like superstitious to to be told good luck with something.
1: So in a way, by saying break a leg is the opposite. That would be bad luck because you you know
0: exactly. I get it. Now there are other um, there are other terms that performers use, like in uh, professional dancing, they say merde. Actually, I'm not sure how to say it in French. I should have asked um, <laughs> like Hannah or something or Erin, but um, they say merde, which just means shit. Like so, no. for like ballet dancers would say that instead of break a leg, they would say merde, which they means like, shit. shit. And in Spain, they say mucha mierda, which means lots of shit. Interesting. And you, this is why, because in like the 1800s, when horse carriages would bring spectators to ballet performances. The more shit the more there was, the more shit there oh, was in front of the sense. theater. Yeah, yeah. The more packed it was going to be.
1: Oh, that makes perfect sense, <laughs> Jesus.
0: So I thought that was a cool little uh, like side idiom thing.
1: I like that. Um, it reminds me of like I don't know if you're just like messing with somebody, be like, "Yo, don't fuck up." <laughs> don't fuck but up now. Like, but it is funny to say like, "Hey, really, really good luck. Really, just good luck to you." It's like it's like that's boring. Yeah, yeah.
0: Good luck is boring. Yeah. Hey, good luck.
1: Hey, go break your face out there. And then a lot
0: of times you have to like knock on wood because it's like Oh, yeah. And that's a throwback. And there's another thing associated with that kind of knock on wood thing, which is toy toy toy. Have you ever heard that? Um <laughs> In opera they use it as a good luck phrase. Toy toy toy. What's that mean? Well, it was originally used it was like an originally an idiom used to ward off a spell or a curse. Cool. And it was accompanied by knocking on wood. You'd be like, toy, toy, toy. Right. And it was supposed to be like an onoma- onomatopoeic, like um, spitting sound.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, toy, toy. Yeah, toy, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so, I spit at the demons.
0: So apparently, this was also popular in Yiddish. Like, saliva traditionally was supposed to have demon banishing powers. And in Yiddish, the word tov, tov, meant good. You know, that actually makes sense to me because I feel like okay, so I
1: recently watched the Hocus Pocus sequel, mm-hmm. right? And oh, I remember yeah. that they used to do a thing where they were like, tuh, 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 right? Yeah, but like that and spin. that's definitely not the only time that you've seen like spitting as like I think, or like when you're just like I spit on you, like, yeah, like you know, yeah. it's like there's definitely some power with spit, right? Right, right. Yeah. That it's makes like sense. the life force. Yeah,
0: thing. yeah. Yeah. Um now I, I wanted to save my favorite sort of a good luck thing for the end. Because I, I stumbled upon this while while researching um, Break a Leg, and I loved it. So there's an alternate operatic good luck charm, which is Italian, and it's in bocca al lupo, which means in the mouth of the wolf. Mmm! More wolves! I know! This
1: is the wolf episode! <laughs> uh, I love what getting a wolf! going on? I
0: love a surprise did wolf episode. Did not plan it, did not plan it. So... Apparently, like in in opera, instead of saying break a leg, you say in bocca al lupo. I mean, opera is is traditionally Italian, so they would have had this Italian phrase. And then you respond, crepi al lupo.
1: Wait, lupo, like lupine?
0: Yeah, wolf. wolf, Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you respond, crepi al lupo, or just crepi, and that means may the wolf die, or just dead. What? May the wolf die? Yeah, so like how cool is that in the mouth of the wolf may the wolf die we should start doing that back in and forth in the
1: mouth of the wolf alright wait 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 okay so what are we trying to say here you like so. if I'm gonna go do something so if
0: you're about if you're an opera singer and you're about yeah. to go on stage I would say to you in boca al lupo in
1: the mouth of the wolf and means, then you, right?
0: yeah and then you would say crepio lupo
1: Crappy, a Lupo. And I'm saying, may the wolf die. Yeah. So, what are we saying? What does that mean? (laughs) Right. I mean, it sounds badass, but
0: what is it? Well, so it's an Italian idiom that came from hunters. Yeah. So, it originated with hunters. And basically, they were wishing each other to be in dangerous situations because of the very thing we just mentioned how it was superstitious to, like, say, hey, may you have a safe trip. Right. Instead, it was like, "May you be, hey, in, may the you be in the mouth of, of the, wolf. the wolf,"
1: and then.
0: But then you the respond, "May the wolf die." Well,
1: yeah, that's where you want to get him, right, when he's about to snap.
0: Yeah, so it's just another way of saying good luck, like good luck on your hunting trip or whatever. Wow.
1: Yeah, that should be a new like sign on or sign off. That's cool, something. right? I like that. I was. Th-
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll sign on with uh, in, in Boca Lupo, and we'll we'll sign off with Creepy Lupo. Creepy paper. Creepy paper. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, "Oh man, yeah, it's a cool thing. It's a good name for something. Very and then, cool." Then I saw that this band, uh, Murder by Death, actually has an album called "In Boca Alupo. Good for them. Yeah, they they found it. They used it. it G- must, Jim loves Jim Vasquez. Loves more. the uh, the Murder by Death. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I have like there. I, there is another meaning. Let's hear it. Let's um, hear it. I found an old slang dictionary, and I looked up break a leg, and there was a second definition in there, which was, <laughs> it used to mean to have a bastard, like have a bastard child.
1: Huh. Which and is not what you want
0: normally. Th- well, I don't, I think it's okay to have bastard No, no, no children. I'm saying back
1: in the day. Oh, back
0: in the 17th and 18th want, century. It was a problem. It was a problem. You yeah. have, to, have to explain where this kid came from. Yeah. So if you said that like... You know she. Oh, she's got a broken leg. It's like, oh, she's got a bastard son.
1: Right, dead yeah.
0: weight. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was in 1737. There was like this text called Proverbs, and it, and in it, there's a mention she hath broken her leg above the knee, but it wasn't literal. It was m- meaning that she has a bastard.
1: Oh well, yeah, it's yeah. up there, up high.
0: And then the last thing I'm going to say is um, because John Wilkes Booth. Is such a, a figure in the idiom universe? Uh, yeah. Episode four, Episode four, we wrote a a pretty you know awesome. <laughs> and, and if you want to hear the history John of this Wilkes song, you you, jo- you join the Patreon, and we're going to be doing episodes that uh, you know explore that's gonna be our a song. Good, that's going to be a good one. But we wrote a John Wilkes Booth song, and um, there was a belief in an etymology of break a leg having something to do with John Wilkes Booth because he was a he stage broke performer, his leg, didn't he? And when he leapt off of Lincoln's balcony after shooting him, he broke his leg. Right. So they people were like, and it was at a stage performance. Right. But they found this to be a, a false etymology. But sure. It was just a, but I thought, you know. Sometimes they're fun now, but man, could you imagine
1: like that moment happened? Like he shot Lincoln in the back of his head and then he jumped off of the
0: balcony and broke his leg. And like that happened. And then ran. That was like the first action movie. Yeah. And then he, he your name is mud comes from that, right? Oh, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's Doctor Mudd, His who helped him out. Wow. So go back to episode Listen four to if you want. Episode four is a gem. Yeah, if you want to learn about um, your name is Mud. Um. So so there you go. Break a leg. Uh, wow. That's all she wrote. That's that great. One. So just
1: you know, I didn't raise my hand at any point and say that that's what I had heard before mm-hmm. because the only thing that I had ever heard about breaking a leg mm-hmm. and that somebody, I think it's this girl I work with who annoys the crap out of me, <laughs> but um. <laughs> And I don't know why I would talk to her for more than two seconds, but somebody told me once that it was like when you break a leg mm-hmm. once it's when you essentially come out to bow at the end, yeah, right. And if you go and do a regular bow, again mm-hmm. the, the, this the people are applauding, yeah, then that's a good thing, right? Yeah, But if it's really good, you would come out for like a second
0: yeah. bow,
1: and in yeah. that one, you cross your leg in front of your other, yeah. and that image of the the it's curtsy like a broken, yeah, the broken leg curtsy that that is somehow
0: yeah yeah. But that's not. I I, I did read that that was but you heard that yeah yeah yeah. I'm so, glad
1: that it's better
0: yeah than yeah that yeah. um the the German expression that loan translation thing mm-hmm. that's the, believed to be the most probable etymology. I, love it. I did read about that curtsy no. thing yeah. And um that also has something to do with like um like the deep bow having to do with like if people were like throwing coins oh, or yeah. flowers at the stage, like your bow was so you could like pick that up oh, and stuff. sure. Um but again I'm not I'm not really sure about the uh, validity of that.
1: Not as fun though. And they, see that's why, guys, we dive deep oh, the for deep, you. I'm not the deep gonna dive. just say I heard this and I heard that. Like, and we're,
0: sometimes we're jumping off the high dive to yes, catch my drift.
1: At, like at Tavistock back in the day. <laughs>
0: just like a Tavistock. Scary 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 stuff um, alright all right. so listen guys thank you for sticking around uh, we hope you learned something and we hope that you're teaching others uh, we hope that you're sharing yeah our- go scream to hey, your neighbor All could of you us. just pick one person and send us to them send our episode to yeah. them and um, what else oh if you could like just you know score us on Spotify
1: yeah and write a funny review.
0: Yeah, you can write Five reviews. star funny review. You can write reviews on iTunes and on Spotify. You can just hit that star yeah. thing now. And so that helps. That helps. Get the yeah. word out. And all you Hi. Patreoners out there, don't Hi.
1: worry. We got some fun stuff coming your way. Mm-hmm. And it's very secret. So if you want to find out what it is, you
2: yeah. might want to become a Patreon person too. Oh. And until next time, don't be a clown. Idiom. Thank you. Canzona before you get pulled to your grave In both